Alright. And action! Alright. Alright, alright, alright. Alright, alright, alright. You know, I was a fill in for McConaughey. Were you? Stand in. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. For years. Huh. And, you know, I, I one time I saw him jogging on the beach and I was like, uh, McConaughey, what are you doing out here on the beach? So I'm looking for napkins. <laughs> and, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about. <laughs> but uh, I, I wondered who I got that job, who had that job before I did. Oh yeah, it was me. You know, it was me. All right, all right. <laughs> you know. All right, all yeah. right. So here we are. We're we're at the Swine Time uh, Podcast Company today. Man, you have a big uh, complex here. Yeah. I'm really impressed with all. First of all, uh, a high rise building. It's uh, your entire company is, is within that building. You have studios, you have sound booths, you have... Uh, slot machines. Everything. Yeah, we have It's a, really amazing. A buffet downstairs. Yeah, we're going <coughs> later. I, I'm just totally impressed. Yeah, yeah we're here in uh, Reno, Nevada. Yeah, this is where you have your headquarters. And uh, I'm surprised you would pick Reno, because it's... Of course, it is the biggest little city in the world. Yeah. But so maybe that's a good place this for This weekend, it. it's, uh, it's the headquarters. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. It's <laughs> off the grid. It is off the grid. Now, I've been living off the grid for years. Did you know that? No. Oh, yeah. I won't. I refuse to use electricity. I don't even know how we're recording this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, off, I'm off the griddles. I don't have any more pancakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's and why we need the napkins. <laughs> yeah, the napkins. Yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, so what's that? We're here. I'm with the one and only Frazier Smith, my Good buddy. Where? Is he around here Yeah, he, he's here. He's, oh. he's, he's here. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to see you, buddy. You too, yeah. Frage. Thanks for uh, taking some time out your day. To... Well, I'm just uh, uh, glad that you agreed to do my podcast. <laughs> yeah, true. That's really yeah. nice of you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, let me ask you a couple questions. How did you get started in comedy? Well, you know what, Frage? Frage is awesome. He turned the interview. You know what, Frage? I don't know if you remember this comedian, but he used to do... Actually, I think the first show I ever saw, you might have been on. It was at the Ice House. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, Pasadena, famous club. Yeah, and I was at uh, a bar in Beverly Hills. I was like 22, and there was a nightclub or something. And I met this guy named David Banks. Do you remember him? David Banks. The name is familiar. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he did comedy for a while. Since that time, he's been in like 100 commercials. But he and I met at, at the nightclub. We just were talking. He and I were talking to these two girls. Right. And he's like, I like that one. I said, that's cool. I like them both. And, Look and, at you. And then I gave everybody, had a pack of gum. I gave everybody a, gum, a piece of gum. And he goes, you must not be from L.A. You share. And then uh, uh, everybody was laughing. I said, yeah, I'm from Ohio. And then he had a ticket to go see him. Or he was doing a bringer at the Ice House space. He you know, gave me a flyer to his show. And then I went to watch the Ice House show, and uh, then I was like, asked him, how'd you do this? And then he pointed me to TK, and that's how he got started. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think I remember David. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, so he did it for a while, but um, you know, he ended up getting involved in commercials and stuff. So uh-huh. I actually saw him on a commercial yesterday during the UFC fights. So. I think you mentioned that, yeah, that your friend was on a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then... Uh, I would say that the first good joke I ever had, Frazier wrote. I wrote a joke for you? Yeah, it was. What a, was the joke? The joke was, uh, I was talking about how I was, you know, I was using everything specific. I'm 22, and I met this lady, and she's like 40, and she's got a kid. And you said, no, here's the joke. You're 20, she's 40, she's got a son, he's 21, it's cool, he buys you beer. 
And I still use that joke sometimes, right? That is a good joke. <laughs> and that was the first good joke I had because before then it was just long ramblings of nothing. You know what? You know yeah, yeah, yeah. Are. Well, I think that's true for anybody, right, in comedy. You yeah. learn that brevity, well, they say uh, levity is brevity. Yeah. Brevity is the soul of wit. I, well, okay. Darren corrected me. But, Sorry. But, yeah. but he's right. It is. Darren, we should put a camera on you as you're. The shorter the better, I think, is better is when it comes to jokes. Yeah. You know, because everyone's attention span, you know, is real short nowadays. And um, everything, you know, all the uh, electronics and everything is made it that way. Uh, everything's abbreviated and, and, and shortened. So they, people don't really have a big attention span. That's why TikTok's so big. Yeah. So you have to have your jo jokes really tight. Really, no fat on the jokes. No fat, every yeah. every word. Now, what, what what is it like for you? I mean, being that you have been through, you've seen so many legendary comics. I mean, we were talking. You met Rodney and all this, and like, have how is the this go to the technology? You know, you mentioned how their attention span. So before that, what kind of was like the vibe, and was it were you able to connect more with the crowds, or? Well, you know, I think really, um, comedy's always kind of the same. Oh, it you is, know, yeah. I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, live comedy. Yeah. I think the difference now is sometimes, you know, like during the pandemic, they had Zoom comedy mm -hmm. and stuff, and I couldn't really get into that yeah. because you don't have that personal feeling. The personal feeling of a live show is really what makes comedy fun. Yeah. You know, you get that immediate response from a crowd. Uh, it's something that, you know, actors and actresses, for example, can't get with their medium because you don't see your results till much later. So it's immediate when you're doing stand-up. Yeah. And uh, like a band, you know, you're immediately connecting with the crowd. But unlike a band, you're all by yourself. Right. So you have uh, your show, your, your, the, the stuff that you've prepared, and then you also ad-lib some stuff with the crowd. And it makes it a real live experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I sure do wish I could see some of, been at, like, the comedy store for some of the other times because... You know, when you mentioned technology, because when I first started doing comedy, um, cell phones were just kind of out, but it was still rude to text yeah. during something, right? I mean, now Not it's anymore. like, dude, you'd be Darren's texting right now during our, our <laughs> I know. interview. I know, man. You could be... <coughs> How rude. You, you I'm going live, you guys. I'm going live. Oh, people okay, are watching okay. you live. Oh, okay, right, cool. Right, right. Wave at the people. Hey, hey what's up? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Fraser Smith and Brian Swinehart Swinehart. Is that who it is? Okay. Uh, so, anyway, what were you saying? Well, no, I was just saying, like, how, you know, I think that, you know, when I started, it's, I feel like, you know, the attention span, you know, people, it's just kind of frustrating sometimes, like, you know, people will be on their phones during the, you know, it's just like, yeah. I think that I would have liked to have seen the business uh, before and, you know, like... Well, uh, you know, uh, some things never change. I mean, you know, um, a stand-up set is a stand-up set, really. Yeah. You know? uh, I think sometimes the material uh, obviously changes with time. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And of course, you're doing. I do topical material, so that right. changes all the time. Every day, right? Yeah. But you know, for example, now uh, we have to deal with a lot of the uh, cancel culture yeah. stuff, and you have to be a little more careful with your editing. Uh, that's something that's different. I was wa watching some old clips. I love the old clips on YouTube of like uh, Don Rickles right. and, and Rodney. You mentioned oh, Rodney love, and, yeah. and all the old him guys. On, him on Johnny was like those two uh, together. Unbelievable on Johnny Carson. Yeah. And uh, you look at the clips and, and uh, you know, Rodney, who is an, uh, an idol of mine and, and someone who I work with actually um, a little bit. Rodney was so great on Carson. He'd tell like, you know, a hundred jokes 
in five minutes, yeah. and they were almost all great. But, you know, he'd have a little chunk in there about how fat his wife was or something. Or, you know, uh -huh. and you can't really do that anymore. You There's really certain can't. topics you just can't do, you know. And wonder what wonder what has caused that. Why, why has people lost their humor? <clears throat> well, you know, it's, it's the... Um, you know, uh, the social media uh, really has uh, gotten out these keyboard warriors yeah. who are out there. And they uh, like, I think a lot of them like to just attack people. Uh, I feel that some of it is valid. Some of it is valid. I mean, you know, yeah. say, making fun of people's uh, inadequacies or, or you know, uh, body things. Okay, you know, I, I like weight shaming, stuff like that. I can see where yeah. that would be... Uh, something you might want to not do yeah you know so I don't I'm not against all of it but some of it I think is pretty restrictive yeah I wrote a joke recently and, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> I go um, uh, Beyonce I go they, they uh, made Beyonce take the word spaz out of her new song because it was politically incorrect I go, well, that's just retarded. <laughs> now that, you know, but that's a goof of a, yeah. it's a goof. It's a you're goof. not really making fun no. of people. No, you you're know. not. So, Fraser, <clears throat> you've been a mentor to a lot of the comics. I mean, you know, in, in the L.A., dude, everybody, you're famous. You know, everybody knows you. You've been famous before you even started. But even for someone like myself who came from a different <clears throat> place, I've I moved and then I, and I met you and I started and you always been that guy that has always treated no matter what level the comics are I feel like you treat us all the same you know do you, you see what I'm getting at there well yeah I'm, I'm hoping to do that to confuse them so I can then steal their material oh okay that's okay, my goal you know if I can get them thinking about that I'm a good guy then I can go behind their back and steal their material and uh, they're not going to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I don't know what that is. You know, uh, uh, people ask me a lot about uh, why I, uh, how I get along with people. I guess it's my mom mm. was a very, one of these rare people that uh, got along with everybody. Oh. You know, I don't know how she did it, really. She would get along with everybody. And she wasn't in show business, but she probably should have been. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. She just really got along with everybody. So... I think I just took that from her. Yeah, that's what. Hey, God bless her, man. I'm you know, she for that. very special lady, and uh, what it really taught me was, um, you know, it's the old saying: you get more with honey. Mm. You know, you really do if you're. I remember that. Well, I do too. I mean, I get, believe it or not, I had that reputation, I guess, of being a nice guy, but I get edgy too. Yeah. You know, we all do. We all do. And you know, I think, especially in our business, we have a tough business. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one that. Uh, you know, has a lot of ups and downs, a lot of rejection, and uh, there's certain days where, you know, uh, you wouldn't want to be around me. I mean, I'm not really right. always that way. Right. But I, I think it's always something you have to work on. I try to work on being gracious to people and, and try to remember to be that way. That's awesome. Do you, now, as you're a mentor to a lot of the <clears> comics, <throat> when you were coming up, did you have any mentors, any guys that kind of like, did what you did for me by pulling me, you know, hey, try that, you know, did you have guys? Well, like you know, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, work around uh, some uh, radio guys who had been, you know, uh, famous in the past, mm. who were on the radio stations uh, that I was on, and uh, Wolfman Jack was on a station that I worked on, and I got to know the Wolfman, he was legendary. Um, I got to know, there was a guy named The Real Don Steele, and he was a legendary guy from radio 
um, <clears throat> Huggy Boy was another guy. And, and uh, you would meet these guys, and they would teach you the ropes, mm. show you what was up, you know, with that. And with stand-up, yeah, I got to work with Rodney. Um, uh, I, I also worked with a lot of uh, comics who were coming up who became big stars. Uh, Sam Kinison, uh, Dice, uh, Jim Carrey, Gary Shandling, uh, you know, uh, Louis Anderson, comics who, who became big, and I had known them when they weren't big. Mm -hmm. And so you got to kind of, as they got bigger and bigger, sort of uh, learn from them and <coughs> see how they handle it. Yeah. You know? Wow, that's awesome. And now, did, now with these people, like, was there comics coming up that you knew? Okay, they're gonna be, you know, what is it? You know, the the factor that gets somebody, you know, super famous, and then there's, you know, guys doing it that are still freaking hilarious but aren't famous, and then there's the whole like, you know, I guess with Sam Tennyson, you can see it. You know, is it the character? He, he screams, he yells, he's hilarious. You know, he's angry, and then Rodney had his 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 liners so quick. So what is it that makes somebody really get it? Well, I think no matter what your style is, you have to be willing to work at it, you know, to get good at that particular style. And everyone's style is different. Sam's was that, you know, very uh, outrageous character that not everybody can or, or would want to be, you know, but that fit him. I think that one of the big things is having your character fit you. Because it's really an extension of who you are. And if you figure that out, and sometimes it takes people a long time to figure that out. It took Rodney a long time. Rodney was a comic that wasn't very successful. He was doing, you know, the Ed Sullivan show, and he would do TV, but he uh, kind of was just in the middle and really not going anywhere. And he quit for a while. And he was selling aluminum siding, which is what comics used to do back in the day when they were out of work. And uh, for real. Really? That yeah, was a gig, yeah. aluminum side. Well, because it was big back then. It was kind of a, and you know, they could talk, so they go door oh, to door yeah. and try to talk people into it. And um, anyway, he came back because he had figured out a point of view, that no respect point of view. And it was a character, and he figured out, well, the public feels like they don't get any respect mm -hmm. most of the time, so my character will resonate with them, and it did. And Sam figured out that he was going to be the guy that was kind of the outrageous, off the wall, you know, bouncing around the wall, rock and roll guy. Yeah. And then Dice figured out that he was going to be Dice, you know, yeah. that character that he has. Um, everybody that's successful, I think, figures what their best image is for them, and then you have to work towards keeping that sharp. Okay. You know, and then the other part's kind of random. Really, Brian, you know, in terms of, uh, we were talking about this the other night, um, it, it's really timing because there are people that you see that are very talented and they don't make it. And you're like, well, what happened? Sometimes it is just a timing thing. They just didn't, they weren't at the right place at the right time. Hmm. And you can't always calculate that. Sometimes you can and sort of figure out how to get there uh, at the right time. But there's other times where you just have to, it's from God, you know. You you, um, you you just uh, something that comes about. You can't really always predict how to get there. Yeah. Or yeah. why you can't. Some people and other things. I think other uh, things is it, it, don't shoot yourself in the foot. A lot of people do that, or they quit too early. 
Yeah. Winning too early is another thing that will keep you from making it, obviously. Right. You know, and it's the old saying, winners never quit and quitters never win. It's mm -hmm. kind of true. Mm -hmm. You got to keep going. It is true. And it's a, it's a, a long-haul business. It's a long-haul marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, it really is. It really is. My buddy ran into Sinatra. He was working in the Catskills back in the days upstate New York where they used to have entertainment. A lot of the comics of that era used to play up there. Uh, you know, the rubber chicken circuit. And, uh, and all the big stars played up there. And uh, my buddy was uh, a waiter at one of the uh, big resorts, and Sinatra was playing there. And he went up to him and he said, Hey, Mr. Sinatra, I want to get into show business. And Sinatra looked at him for like a minute and he goes, It's a long haul, kid. Hmm. And it is. And that's the number one guy. Yeah, that's your top guy. Yeah. And he knew he had to go through a lot to get where he got. You know, and, and some people make it quicker. You and I were talking about this. Sometimes people make it quickly. Uh, you know, just, again, that's a bit of randomness. You randomness. Know? Yeah. yeah. They just are at the right place at the right time, and they take off. I always think it's a little better if you do have to struggle a little bit because you learn that side of things, too, because yeah. eventually in life you're going to go through some of that. It's unavoidable. And it's almost, even when people are doing great, they have these lulls in their career, right? Where there's sure. plenty of comics that were, you know, a few years back, maybe really making the most, and now there might be, and it might come back again, but there is that, you know. Cause you there's an inevitable dip for everyone. Yeah. At some point, you're going to have some rocky, uh, you know, water. And it just happens that way. You know, I, rocky water. What is that? Anyway, <laughs> but you know, you you know, you do have those ups and downs, and I think it's natural, um, and it happens to almost everyone. Now, with with comedy, okay. So I mean, I'm, I'm really stuck on comedy, but you know, well, I guess it's our talk. But what about like, is there any type of things that doing stand up comedy has helped you as a person in your in your regular life? Well, what it's done for me is it allows me to tag a lot of people's sentences. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was, <laughs> you know, people will have something that they're saying, and, and I'll be able to jump in there with a punchline. Oh, dude, it's great. And uh, that that's always helpful at a birth, <laughs> at a birthday party or a yeah, you know, family reunion. Yeah, because it makes people happy. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you know, basically it just gives you a certain sense of uh, confidence uh, in life because you have to do everything yourself. Yeah. You're not a you're not a band. You're not a team. Yeah. You know, it's just you. And uh, you self-sufficiency, I guess is what I'm talking about. You feel like you're pretty self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. You can go almost anywhere. We're used to traveling. Yeah. We're used to to getting uh, you know, having new experiences, meeting new people. Not a lot of stuff really throws us because we're uh, self-sufficient. Yeah. You have to be. Now, with with your career, is there any times like, you know, I, I mean, like, for instance, for me, I was like, man, I should have wrote harder back then or this and that. You know, you got all these little, is there any things like that you ever think? Or is there, oh, like, sure, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. If you was going to go back and give your, like they say, give yourself advice when you were starting, kind of what would you have, you know, would it have been like, you know, what would you have kind of said? or Well, the things, different? yeah, that's a good question. And I think um, the answer for me would be, 
I would never have done Swinehart's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my biggest mistakes in my career. That set me reeling back <coughs> and I never really recovered. Uh, no, the, the things I learned basically were, uh, I don't mean that, you have a good nah, podcast. Um, you know, the things I guess I learned were uh, about that were, um, if you get a chance when you're younger, take some lessons. I should have taken acting lessons a long time ago. Mm. I think I'm a pretty good actor, you you're know. Great. And I, but I, and I've been into a lot of stuff, but I should have taken acting lessons when I was in high school. Mm. I should have started then mm -hmm. to really learn that craft. Yeah. Because I didn't. And uh, I, so I was kind of remedial in that area for a long time. And then I started getting stuff. But um, I think that's one thing I would have done. I also would have taken a writing class, mm -hmm. a script writing class, and really learned how to uh, do that instead of kind of feeling my way along. And I really only now am starting to know how to really format things correctly. And now, they, of course, you know, they have final drafts and everything. But... I'm just learning that area now. Uh, I would have done that earlier in life. And the other stuff I learned is really kind of behind the scenes stuff. And it's pretty much common sense. You know, just don't uh, pick your arguments, pick your, your, I had a lot of trouble in radio because I got very big, but then I would have a beef with my bosses. Hmm. And I, I get along with everyone except bosses <laughs> for some reason. Interesting. And that's somebody that you really kind of want to get along with. Right. That's the other bit of advice I would give people. Don't fight with your boss, right. even right. if they're a dick. Yeah. Just learn how to deal with it. Learn how to deal with them. You know, I tended to feel like I had to stick up for myself at every turn and, uh, you know, and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these guys. And that's a bad mistake because you really don't, you can. I lost a huge, several huge jobs mm -hmm. by um, just by being belligerent, by feeling like, hey man, don't tell me what to do. Well, wait a minute, they're my boss. They can tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I, I was really, I guess the thing is, pick your battles and be strategic when you, when you, if you do have a beef, so that you don't set yourself in a bad position. Mm -hmm. Now, was that would that be anger that kind of brewed you to do that? Was that like... I think it's more of a thing of trying to stick up for yourself. Okay. You feel like, I've got to say something to this person. Uh, they're trying to mess with me. Uh -huh. And um, the mistake there is that if you lose it, you lose the battle. It's their football. Right. It's not yours. Yeah, they, they can take it home with them. I had the number one show, and they were trying to tweak my show in these directions I didn't like. And I started to go, hey, no, man, you can't do that. Uh-uh. And, and, you know, and then there's a better way to do it, is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. There's a more diplomatic way to do it. That's what I didn't really have at that. I was too young. Mm. I didn't have the diplomacy skills that I have you now. You hadn't been through it before, so that's the only way yeah. you could probably yeah, deal with it. Exactly. And, I, and just, but it's common sense. It's, it's politeness, really. Yeah. If you're polite, you can pretty much get your point across to anybody, you know. And I wasn't like that. I would get right in their face, and I'd be like, "Hey, motherfucker," uh -huh. you know. I was one of those guys. Wow. Okay. And that's really—it's odd because that's not my natural nature. Yeah. But it was when I was dealing with those people, okay. and they were the worst people to do that to. Because they're right back, probably in your face. And they're a lot bigger than you, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're my boss, you know. Yeah. They can do what they want. Yeah. I was really foolish. 
And I thought I was being, uh, I didn't think I was being a tough guy. I thought I was sticking up for myself. Yeah. And you, you got to do that in life too, but you, there's ways to do it. Yeah, you know, well, it's interesting you tap that because I'm different, not through that, but recently it, I've been feeling so much anger on, you know, everything going on in the world. I mentioned it is, I never had the anger amount I had since COVID, you know, and I get, I'm trying to work on it, but online I get pissed off at people, you know what I mean? And it's just like, and some of it's, it's, it's pointless and it's, it's a distraction. But I'm having a hard time. I'm feeling better now that, you know. I like where you're at now. I think you've arrived at, at, a, at a middle ground. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy for all of us to get angry during COVID. Uh, so many issues and so many sides to take. And, you know, we all, we all felt that. But, you know, that's what I guess what I was saying about diplomacy. I think there's a mm -hmm. way to do it. And I think the Internet is a, is a, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, as we've talked about. You know, the blessing is you reach so many more people. You can reach everyone around the world. It's an amazing tool that way for promotion and everything else. But there's also a, a tendency to get in the, all these little petty beefs with everybody yeah. that go nowhere. Right. First of all, who is really affected by any of that except you and those people? Mm -hmm. You know, the world isn't going to be affected by it. Yeah. And uh, so you spend so much of your time uh, with fighting, putting out all these little fires and fighting these little battles that I don't really think take you anywhere. And sometimes can take you down. Yeah. Because if, if let's say there's a, a club owner that is a, has a political bent that goes a certain way and you're saying all this other stuff, even mm -hmm. if you feel it and believe it, you don't really need to say it. Yeah, you you don't be, now I'm not saying that towards you, no, a lot of people. that is true. It right? happened to a lot of yeah. people. And you want to you want to say your views. You want to say what your viewpoint is. But I think in business it's better to keep things close to your vest. And Johnny Carson used to say, and that's my idol, him and Rodney, and uh, what Johnny would say is, you'll never know what my politics are. He said, because if I do a joke about a Republican, then I immediately do a joke about a, a Democrat. He goes, I keep it 50-50, and that way I don't lose half of my audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not everybody wants to be that kind of comic. Mm -hmm. Some people want to be the, uh, the polarizing comic, the comic that, that goes off the edge, that goes, that takes it there, you know, mm -hmm. and goes there. And that's fine for, if that's your style. But again, it goes back to your style. What is your style? If you're not that guy or, or woman, why, why are you going there? Mm. You know, if you're not the embattled in, in person, and I don't see you as that kind of person. You're a likable guy. You have great likability, and that's what's going to make you a star. And what, what you do with that is you just be yourself like you are on stage right now. Mm -hmm. Very likable. Even when you do something edgy, it comes across likable. But I would stay out of pockets, just if I were you, that are too polarizing. Okay. Because why? Yeah. No, you know? I don't want to. Now money. that doesn't mean you can't do that in your personal personal life. You shouldn't back off your stances in your personal life if you're, you know, uh, have a viewpoint. Absolutely, you know. But when it comes to business, you want your really what you're trying to sell is likability and fun, and that's what people want to. They need fun right now. Yeah. People have been beat up. Yeah, we've during had this a tough whole time. Uh, stretch of time yeah. and what they are looking for is a little escape from that mm -hmm. and if you offer that with your comedy then that's you've done your job yeah you know man phrase you are a 
uh, wealth of information, man. What and and uh, like I said, I always appreciate how friendly you've always been to me and helped kind of give me some guidance through every time I see you at the clubs. And what is your you know, you're gonna just keep. You're gonna keep going, aren't you, man? You're gonna, yeah, man. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's you know how I, I look up to you, man. Because it's like, dude, you are passionate about this. And how many people do you think you've made laugh? And I say in your lifetime, but let's say in your lifetime as radio and 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 comedian. I'd say three. Three, okay. <laughs> because that's a good round number. Okay. Well, it's not a round number. Uh, you know what? I really wouldn't know. I wouldn't know that. that. Right. I wouldn't know about that. You know, but I, what I do know is that there's still a lot of things that I want to accomplish. I have been in the business a long time, but you know, I, I just recently uh, got a script to my friend George Lopez, and George, they like it over there at his company. And uh, yeah, thank you. I'm praying on that yeah. one. I, um, uh, you know, I, I have several other uh, projects, as everyone does in Hollywood, but. Since I was pretty big on the radio, I have a lot of contacts, and I'm able to get my stuff, thankfully, to some pretty big people. Great. So I have some big people that have my stuff right now. That's my goal, is to try to you know, produce something. Uh, and I still want to perform, too. I still enjoy doing the stand-up with you and Darren this week here in Reno. We're having a blast. It's fun to get out there and do that. Darren and I have been writing a lot. He's been really helping me with the writing. and uh, But I always think it's just about keeping as many plates in the air as you can, mm -hmm. you know, and seeing which one, uh, which one hits, that's awesome. you know, and even at my age, that's still what the game is, you know, keep moving, keep doing stuff, keep trying new stuff, keep looking for new angles and meeting new people, yeah. you know, and you never know where that break's going to come from. Yeah, I mean, it's great because, and it's, the thing is too, it's like we're in such a fun thing, it's like this is a job that you don't want to retire from. No, you really don't. You know? If you start to, you start to think, what am I doing? Why am I, yeah. you know, and I think what gets you <coughs> thinking that is that it's also a tough business. There's so much rejection as opposed to any other business. So you, there's a feeling of like, oh, I don't want to keep going through this, yeah. you know, but then there's a th feeling of, hey, wait a minute. I just met that guy and he's right. a producer and we kind of hit it off. Maybe you'll like my script. You know, every day brings you a possibility. Yeah. What is, uh, I've got two final questions for you, Phrase. What, what is your, um, kind of your daily routine? What's your kind of daily, you know, I think that would be interesting. It's, I think that's interesting to hear of people's, you know, do you write at a certain time? Do you just come to you spontaneously? Like, what's your daily kind well, of? Well, what I like to do, I get up and I order napkins. <laughs> and I, I, uh, oh, so, as many so napkins as I possibly can uh, <laughs> deliver so. to my house. Uh, no, I, uh, basically, I, um, Get, you know, I, I get up early. I like to get up early. And then I work out, you know, and I, on the exercise bike and lift weights and stuff. And then I like to um, uh, write at that time. Okay. Because I feel like I'm kind of clear-headed there. Uh, and then so I will uh, watch the morning news and see if I can grab some topics. Ah. You know, and then I'll try to write a little bit. And then I try to, uh, you know, uh, uh, I like to pray. Mm -hmm. It's a good time to pray. And then I like to get my um, day figured out, what I'm going to do, you know, day, daily stuff. Um, I like to set up uh, meetings. If I can try to set up meetings for that, you know, that week, yeah. uh, I will send out emails and, and texts and stuff and try to get that going. Um, 
And then if I have a session, uh, a, a podcast, I have a couple of podcasts I do, I'll go do those. I'll have a writing session maybe with Darren, yeah, cool. you know, uh, at the Joke House. We go to the Joke House. Uh, I will. It's uh, called the Smoke House? It's called the Smoke House. We call it the Joke House. It's a famous restaurant in Burbank. And Darren and, sits down when he comes in and he orders napkins. And immediately <laughs> yeah. we get napkins. Uh, but the, uh, now it's the Woke House. Yeah, it's a Woke House. But we, we, you know, we basically work on material there. Um, and then I just sort of, usually at night, I'll go out and do a set if I can somewhere. Sweet. Yeah, because yeah. you're up almost every single night of the week, right? Uh, you know, I try to keep moving. You know, for uh, the reason of just, you know, feeling like you're doing something, but also uh, with my particular style, which is one-liners, you have to play a lot just to stay the, because the, the timing's the whole key on that. Yeah. Timing is really what it's about with, uh, with acting. I mean, with uh, stand-up. For me, yeah. not for everybody else. Everybody else's style is different. But the one-liner style, you kind of have to go out almost every night. Even if you're doing the same jokes, right. you just want to get that timing down. Boom, boom, the rapidness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, phrase, uh, amazing. One final question. Yeah. What time is it? You don't even have to ask that question. <laughs> it's swine time. <laughs> swine time. Swine time. <laughs> By the way, that's a great hook, man. That's what's going to make you famous. You know that, right? You're so, going to be famous because of that swine time. I'm telling you, folks out there in podcast land, get to know him now because he's going to be too big to talk to us when he's uh, swine time. Thanks, Thanks buddy. You're the man. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. It, yeah. All right, kid. Thank Keep you. rolling. Yes, sir. Cool. cool. How was it? Fantastic. All right, I'm going to end this. Hey, over 28 people watch this live. Are you kidding me? Look. Tommy God Love, John DeResta, plus 28 others viewed your live video. Wow. Was Ooh. it any good? Yeah. I think so, man. I'm really happy you did this for me, man. <laughs> I kept you on for 30 minutes instead of 20. Sorry. Well, and then what about this? Call the cops. <laughs> See if this is still recording. So it went good, D? Yeah, that was good. I heard a noise at one point, so I, don't, I think it's still recording. See, he hit stop, hit stop right there. Oh. Okay.